Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boxing fans around the world. We're back with another weekend of decently exciting fights that we're going to cover real quick. Let me get the particulars out of the way, and we're going to jump right in this here. First, CombatTalkRadio.net's the site. I've de debated whether I need to move it over to the new template or not. I don't know if there's much interest on the Combat Talk Radio side. It seems like most just check out the YouTube and then kind of go their own way. But the podcast is jumping. We launched it on the main podcast outlets so itunes spotify it's available as a traditional podcast now that's going forward you'll be able to listen to our audio on those platforms and we have to think about whether we do actually go the full throttle and build a full-on site for combat talk radio i haven't decided any feedback leave them at the site at the bottom says comments feedback leave us that messaging what you think if you would like to participate in what we're doing for ctr the brand and I'll just kind of quickly talk about our triad membership. And this has already been released on Crypto Talk Radio, has not yet been released on Casual Talk Radio, has not ever been talked about on Combat Talk Radio. I'll briefly mention it because I don't know what the benefits are going to be yet. So Combat Talk Radio is a little bit different. You guys are a little bit different than everybody else, but the triad membership is a way to show support for the show. It basically gives an outlet for you to be part of the team and in exchange, we give you perks, value-add perks. These are not things that you would get normally through YouTube or through the podcast. These are things that you would get where you're supporting the show and all the coverage that we do, and you're helping keep us going. I love boxing, so I'm going to keep covering it, but I want to step it up. I'd love to be able to show you guys video. We've been toying with video streams on Crypto Talk Radio, and that's going well. We have to make some adjustments, and there's some hardware that we need in order to perfect the experience. Things like that, hardware that we need, your support as a triad member helps us get there faster we'll get there but until we get to that hardware state basically this is what you get so if you're interested in the triad membership fill out the form at combattalkradio.net let us know and we're happy to send you any details that we have i have to think through again the value add the only thing i have right now that i can definitively say this is something that i would definitely offer as part of the membership would be something where um, I would do live commentary on different boxing events, big-time boxing events. Um, it turns out K9 Bundridge does something very similar. He'll just live, and he'll do coverage on the event as it's going, and it's coming from his lens as a boxer. Something I would do similar, except I would do it kind of like a Howard Cosell type of thing. So I thought that'd be kind of fun. Other things might be giveaways, like we might be able to do giveaways for tickets for events, certain events, especially ones that are in the United States. We can look into things like that that we might offer or possibly even discounts on tickets or events. So there's a lot I've got I got to think through if there's interest, but I need to hear from you guys. If you're interested in it, leave us the comment at combattalkradio.net at the bottom, comments, feedback, let us know what you think of possibly having a membership structure. And I have to figure out pricing because it's going to be dependent on what I offer, obviously. So we'll see what that looks like. Let's go ahead and get into our weekend of boxing. Uh, fortunately, there's not too much happening. I want to cover some things that happened before and some updates you may not be aware of here at the top. First of all, of course, Floyd Mayweather is about to fight Dangerous Don Moore out there in Dubai. That apparently has been called off because the UAE president uh, passed away. And so out of respect for that event, it sounds like they decided to reschedule. It's actually called as canceled, but I'm pretty sure they're going to reschedule it at some point. Um, so the, the, this is usually like it kind of shuts down society when this happens. So this is not, I know some people are going to be blaming Floyd and he's ducking, whatever. This is a, this is a country type thing. And so I guarantee you it was the country that said, no, this is not going to happen. 
We cannot have this. We basically are going to shut the country down in respect for this. And mind you, um, there were other people that are going to get canceled off this. We've got uh, Anderson Silva. He was going to be there. Uh, we've got Badu Jack. He, he was going to be showcased there. Uh, Delphine Person, who gave uh, Katie Taylor all she could handle. She was going to be there. So there was a lot of other people affected by this announcement. Um, there's a lot with this. So give them their space. I'm almost guaranteed it's going to be rescheduled unless more backs out. And that could happen. But again, I know that there was a lot, a lot of people on, especially NSB, that were just, they, they can't get past this whole Floyd's duck in and why are we canceled over president dying? They don't understand how it is out there. It's a different culture. Their culture actually respects when they respect their president, they respect their leadership. It's not like here where we don't care about our government. They actually respect it and they have traditions and things that they follow. This is not Floyd's fault. I guarantee you, he probably said, no, I'd still need to have it. You know, he's a hell of a fighter. He's a tough competitor. And they were like, I don't give a damn what your competitor is. We are not having this. So you could reschedule it for another date, but we don't know when that's going to be. I guarantee that's what happened. So as what I'm hearing, that's likely not going to happen. Amir King Khan has finally, finally announced that he's going to retire. Took him long enough, but he's going to retire. He's 35 years old. He announced it. I believe it was on social media. He sent it out. He said, I'm done. I did what I needed to do. I was, I made my dreams come true and everything was good, but I'm going to go ahead and call it a career. As we know, sometimes these fighters will say that and then they'll end up coming back to fight again. Kel Brook was other recent where he said he was going to go ahead and retire. And, and what the word was, was that he was actually pricing himself out on purpose so that he wouldn't have to take any additional fights. That was the theory that was going around. Nobody ever proved it, but it seems to make sense. Because these two guys took a lot of damage over their careers, a crazy amount of damage, and it may have been that Kel just was waiting, or excuse me, Amir Khan was waiting for Kel to make an announcement to say, okay, Kel's done, because Khan seemed to just want Kel as a rematch. Who knows why? Maybe he was waiting to see what Kel was going to do and then make that decision. Either way, it's good to see both guys retire. I felt Kel could go for one or two more fights at the most because the way he looked against Amir Khan I thought it was about time, but he still looked good enough to kind of go out one more and then hang it up. But he decided to go now. So these two are hanging it up. So the heirs apparent to Nassim Hamed are finally out of the business and they're leaving at a fairly young age. My theory, at least one of them's coming back before the end of the year. <laughs> I hope not, but it wouldn't surprise me. All right. And then the only other thing I want to announce, which isn't directly boxing related, but it kind of ties in. Manny Pacquiao, who was going to be president or vying to be president, has been doing for a long time. This was actually one of the reasons that, uh, according to him, that he ducked uh, fighting Jeff Horn in the rematch. Uh, Manny Pacquiao has lost. Somebody else was selected. There were a lot of women who really were not sold on Manny Pacquiao being president, didn't really want him running, and didn't believe in his values. And a lot of he didn't have the support outside of the boxing arena that people might have thought. People might have thought he was going to be a shoe in just because of his fame. But turns out nobody really liked him as a politician. They didn't like his values. They didn't like what he was doing. And so it was a long shot. People thought it was a shoe-in just because of boxing popularity. What we're seeing now is, no, that's not really the case. You can be as good as you want inside that ring. Once you step outside there, you're a different person, different perspective. Floyd, it's actually the opposite. People would pay to watch him lose. Now he can have a whole country basically back his fight. I was hearing that in the Mayweather Moore, it was over 100,000 USD per fight for a ticket rather for the fights. So it's interesting. It's a total polar opposite treatment. And it just goes to 
when these guys hang up the gloves, a lot of them are reluctant to do so. This is a reason why, because it's hard to sustain who you are and who you were outside the ring. And so a lot of fighters, if they didn't make enough money during the fight game and they might have been injured or something else might have happened, it's hard for them to sustain a standard of living. I know Chris Eubank Sr., he actually had gone broke at points um, after he retired just because of the way the contracts worked, everything else. Same with guys like Larry Holmes, same with guys like Riddick Bowe. So it's good that they're doing things outside of boxing, past boxing, but at the same time, you look at Floyd, he just does an exhibition against somebody where he's not really going to lose. And he gets paid millions of dollars to do that. So he's still in the game, but he doesn't have to worry about titles or pressure or promoters or contracts, really. It's just an exhibition. And the record is always safe. So that's Manny. He's knocked out of the race. He's not going to be the next president, as people theorized was going to happen. I'm not surprised, but I know a lot of people were a little bit shocked at what the heck was going on. A follow-on then to Canelo and Bivol. Of course, Canelo got absolutely outboxed by Bivol, and people were surprised that Canelo, I said that it felt like Canelo didn't show up. It felt like there was something there where he was not 100% in the game, and I didn't know what it was. Many people started to speculate that his switch to a vegan diet might have had an issue, might have played a factor. There was another thing where people said that Canelo was seen out playing golf, and the rumor was, and actually even Canelo confirmed this, that he was playing golf four hours a day, six days a week on top of his boxing workouts. Well, people say, well, golf has certain skill training things, but golf is not training for a fight, right? It's not. You're not engaging anything other than maybe hand-eye coordination at the most. So the theory was maybe there was too much golfing in there and not enough training. I was always leaning towards possibly the vegan diet change. Some people said that he didn't go full vegan. I remember reading an article where he said he did a full vegan diet, no meat for this training he was doing. The way he looked would support the vegan diet. That would support it. However, the golf thing makes a sense because you're standing for hours on end and that could weaken you. So I don't know. When nobody knows, it. I know Canelo said he wanted the rematch. Bavall said, hey, let's rematch at 168. And then later, which is my next update, Bavall came back and said, well, I'm not sure I can actually make 168. So now Bavall's playing the mind games. <laughs> he's, he's, he's playing the mind games. So I, you know, it is what it is. And Bavall started making excuses. It's like, well, well, I, I, I wanted to do that, but, you know, I caught COVID. And after I caught COVID, I got a little bit big, and I'm not sure I can make 168. So now it's this game gamesmanship with Canelo. And Canelo's still the A-side guy. But Bivol, because he has the win, he can call the shots in whether there's a rematch and what weight it takes place at. I suspect if they do a rematch, it needs to be at 175 again because Canelo has to prove that it was a fluke. And when I say a fluke, I'm saying, did it, was it the vegan diet? Was it the golf? Was there something he was doing where he needs to get back to basics? And then he's able to go in there and blitz Bivol and get him out of there like we expected. Or is he just outboxed again? Which means that there was, it was not about the diet at all. It was not about the golf at all. I'm telling you from what I saw, it looked like something was off with Canelo Alvarez. That's all I'm saying. I have no proof. I'm saying that's what I saw. Something looked off. It looked like he was weird. Other fighters said that he may have come out too fast trying too hard early and didn't preserve his energy for a 12-round fight like he might have thought he could just blow Bivol out within six. Yeah, I guess so, but I think Canelo's smarter than that, but maybe maybe his trainer told him something. I don't know. So that's out there with Canelo and Bivol. That's a very comical situation. 
with our evening of fights, our weekend of fights, and at the top and pretty much the main thing happening that's going to be happening tomorrow at the Crypto.com Arena out in L.A. on Showtime, uh, Jermel Charlo versus Brian Castaño. This is a rematch. This is a unification fight for undisputed super welterweight 154 supremacy. On Showboxing, I don't think it's a pay-per-view. It might be, but I don't think it is. I think it's on regular Showbox, uh, Showtime Championship, rather. Um, I like the fight. I like it a lot. These two guys, listen, I felt Lara, he could have easily dispatched Brian Castaño, and I felt Lara took him too easy. I felt Lara did not step up enough to... I saw that Castaño had nothing for Lara, and Lara was just kind of blase about it, and I don't know why even now. I don't... I'm Castaño's not a bum. He's a very skilled fighter, very precise fighter. His defense is really good, so he has these fundamentals, which is why the first fight was able to go to a draw. Charlo had moments where he was had Castaño in trouble, but he wouldn't capitalize on it. This makes me a little nervous, because if, if Charlo tries to go in there more aggressive, Castaño might catch him with something. If, my, if I'm going with my gut, I'm leaning towards Charlo for the win. I suspect a stoppage late, somewhere between rounds 9 and 12, if I'm going with my gut. But it's really going to depend on which Charlo shows up, because Charlo's been talking a lot about Crawford, because Crawford's been talking about him. And that, as we know, whenever you're a fighter and you're distracted by somebody else, you tend not to focus on who's in front of you. Charlo's got to focus on Castaño, period. Castaño has talked about, hey, I'd like to fight this guy or this guy. He hasn't focused like Charlo has with Crawford. He was doing whole interviews about Crawford and the weight and fighting Spence and Crawford's talking about, I'll take care of Spence and I'll take care of Charlo. So that might have thrown Charlo off his game. Let's hope not because he needs to focus on Castaño to get this done. If he gets this done, he is the man. Whoever wins this is the man at 154, which makes them a target for whoever's moving up in weight from 147, which we suspect is going to be Spence and or Crawford and possibly Keith Thurman. So I think it's good to watch this fight if you get a chance to. I think it's an exciting fight to see from my eyes, but I'm actually more excited about the co-main. The co-main is Castile Clayton versus Boots Ennis. Now, You've heard, hopefully, you've heard me say, I think, and Sean Porter say, I think Boots is overrated. I still say Boots is overrated. That's not tanking on Boots at all. I think people are overrating him, talking about he smashes Spence and smashes Crawford and smashes everybody. Nobody beats him. Just because he's flashy, this guy eats punches with his face. So he just hasn't been in with somebody who's able to use that effectively to hurt him. I guarantee you, he ain't fighting that style against Errol Spence and getting out of there alive. And that should have been proven to you with Spence fighting Ugas. He's not doing that style against Errol Spence. I'll tell you that straight. As far as Crawford, it's possible he does that and pulls it off against Crawford. But I think when you looked at Crawford versus Kell Brook, if Crawford's able to land the right shot at the right place, he could stagger Boots. And then if that happens, Crawford's going to take him out. So that one would be a chess match for however long it lasts, I think, for the same reason. You got two people that are just trying to time and land. I think Crawford is crafty enough where he's going to land on Boots' chin and possibly deal with it. The fight I want to see, though, this one, Castillo Clayton Boots, is because Castillo Clayton's a solid fighter. People are not giving him credit because they're overrating Boots, but Clayton is a solid fighter. He's a very, very good fighter. I think the people that the reason people are dismissing him is because he went to a draw with Sergey Lipinets, who, of course, Boots took out. But as we learned with Co Rob, uh, excuse me, uh, Cobbs and Rocha very recently, you can't necessarily measure their performance against a lesser fighter against the current one. You kind of have to look at it in a different vacuum to make that judgment call. And I'm simply saying that I think Castillo Clayton is a solid fighter. Does, and he has a really good ability to take you out 
in, when he wants to. He's also a bigger guy. He was fighting at 154 at points. And then he comes down. So he's kind of a little bit oversized for the 147 weight. I think that may play the factor. We don't know. I think it's a good test. Is it going to convince me that Boots is the next big thing if he blitzes out Clayton in one round? No, because Clayton's not that guy. He's not at that level. I'm saying he's a decent fighter for us to see different styles matched against Boots to understand where he really stands in the welterweight division. And we can see going forward who best he would be matched against so that we can really understand, okay, is this guy legit like we think he is or is he all eye test and that's all it is? Not dismissing what Boots might be. I'm saying I don't rate based on the guys he's fought so far. He hasn't fought anybody. And no, I don't buy this narrative. It's just because he's being, quote, ducked. It's about at the end of the day, you got to have to take B-side status and just say, if I have to fight for free, let's do that. Whatever it takes to get certain guys in the ring. And I guarantee you, if somebody's willing to be, get paid $30 million to fight you and you're willing to take nothing, they'll get in the ring with you. Because I don't think any of these guys are scared of Boots. I honestly don't believe that. I don't buy it. I don't think they're scared of Boots. I think what's happening is he's asking for certain levels of money. He's being hyped very heavily. And the concern is he might turn into the next Bumbanga. That's what I call him now going forward. Bumbanga, where he's been super hyped and super rated. And it, the difference is that Boots isn't being backed by these rappers and all this stuff yet. But that might happen. And then what happens? He gets in there with somebody who basically exposes him, takes him the distance. And then people are saying, oh, he's a bum. I'm not calling Boots a bum. I don't think he's a bum. I think he's a decently skilled fighter. I see solid skills around the guy. It seems like he's really humble. I saw that of him. It seems like he's serious about the game and he wants to make a statement and he wants the opportunities and he's willing to work for him. I think other people overrating him. That's always been my beef. And I think that's Sean Porter's beef. So I want to see how he handles Castillo Clayton's style. That's going to be really good. And Clayton actually has power to make him honest. That's going to be really good. I'm going to like seeing that fight. So I'm more interested in the co-main than the main. That's not to say I don't like Jamel Castaño. I just, I need to understand more about Boots and whether he is legit like he think like we think he is, or if he's all eye tests and he gets exposed, taking the distance by Castillo Clayton, then we just need to calm down the hype just like Bumbanga. Or does he blast him out? We won't have learned anything other than, okay, the guy is actually a very good fighter. Now let's take it to the next level and see where we end up. So that's the two big fights happening right here. And I'm loving, I like the event. I like it a lot. It's a good test for everybody involved, I think. We get to solve Charlotte Castaño. We get to solve 154 and the future 154. We get to solve with Boots and see what he's all about. Really good card all the way around. Our next fights is happening. I think next weekend's kind of terrible. And then after that, uh, the 28th, which is the following week after this, you get the Davis Romero people are trashing on. I think that's actually worth the price of admission, in my opinion. I don't know that I'd make a pay-per-view, but it is what it is. And then, of course, the week after that, you got uh, George, uh, Devin Haney versus George CM Punk Cambosis unifying at lightweight. So you got two unification fights happening here, one at 154, one at lightweight. Very exciting stuff to see. And then the Davis Romero, I know people are trashing it, but I, I don't, I'm not going to dismiss Romero because we've seen time and again that sometimes guys just pull it out. Roach and Cobbs. Sometimes guys just show up and you never know. And Davis has looked like he's declining. Now, whether that's truly that him's declining, we don't know that yet. Time will tell. But for right now, I think it's good just to kind of watch and see and see what happens going forward with these divisions. Because now we're starting to get the new, new blood in there. And we're going to have to watch and see where we go in the sport of boxing. Also, keep in mind, and I'll wrap up. 
at some point, there's still supposed to be the Usyk and Joshua rematch. It's supposed to be happening at some point in the future. That's going to help determine the future of the heavyweight division because Tyson Fury allegedly is retired. If he's retired, the WBC should go vacant. When it goes vacant, then you're going to have guys getting in the mix to possibly fight for that. I suspect Deontay Wilder is going to be one of those men. He said he's coming off of his whatever he's doing, cleanse or whatever that is. And if he gets back in the mix, that means we could still see. If Joshua's able to pull this out, we could still see Wilder Joshua. I think it's too late for where it should have been, but it's still a compelling fight. Or Wilder Uzik is a compelling fight. So you still got compelling fights at heavyweight, but you're not going to see the kind of wars that you saw with Wilder and Fury. And that's always been the open question. What's going to happen with the heavyweight division going forward and with what happened with Fury allegedly retiring? Where does that leave lineal title? Because remember, the lineal does not officially change hands unless they're beaten and Fury was never beaten. So does, do we then crown a new lineal champion and we just say this is what it is because we're not going to sit on Fury or does Fury really not retire and then we're right back to where we start because Wilder's not going to fight Fury again, which means Fury would have to fight whoever wins in Joshua Uzik. But then if that happens and Wilder gets back in the mix for WBC, he's going to have to fight whoever again. And then we end up with Wilder Fury 4. I don't think people are going to pay for that. Anyhow, that's our weekend of boxing. I think it's pretty exciting. Charlotte Castaño and Castillo Clayton and Boots Ennis. Check it out. Let us know what you think. We'll probably check in on Sunday after the fight's all wrapped up.